Life Audio. The Bible Study Podcast, episode 854. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues on with the second part of a study of Psalm 119 as part of a larger study of the Book of Psalms. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We got through the first four stanzas of 119. We won't finish it today, but we'll see how far we get. This, again, is an acrostic, meaning that it's broken up into a series of stanzas based on the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. We did the first four last time. We'll see how far we get today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The fifth stanza is... I think it's pronounced hey, H-E, teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared, take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts, in your righteousness preserve my life. And so the psalmist here is praying again, here this theme of Psalm 119, that he might come to understand and follow the laws of God. It's a great prayer, one that we can certainly pray as well here. So teach me the ways of your decrees that I may follow it to the end and to the end to the end of my days that I can be a faithful servant of God. Give me understanding so I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. And so it is my prayer that I be less half-hearted. I think it is a good prayer to pray that we could follow the law of God, that we can obey God with all our heart. And, and when I say half-hearted, it means not just that I can be more consistent in being obedient, but also that I can do it more willingly and more willingly and more joyfully. Direct me in the path of your commands. There I can find a life. There's that joy I was talking about. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. And we have to remember that that is one of the things that we're going to be drawn to. It's certainly one of the things that the world is pushing us as an alternative to being obedient to God is to get what's yours. I think of someone, uh, I think of a friend of ours, for instance, who served for a while in Romania, 
and he was doing teaching and there was a real problem there coming out of the communism where Christianity was not the belief of the land. And in fact, an atheistic communist philosophy was what people had grown up with. One of the sayings that they had there is, if I'm not cheating, I'm cheating my family. And so he had real trouble with kidding the kids to understand that for them to cheat in school was just cheating themselves, that they were not learning the material. But it was just kind of underlying that whole society at the time that he was there is, you know, get what you can and take it from somebody else if you have to, because you've got to get the most that you can. And and that's the opposite of the attitude that Christ has towards money. Christ talks a lot about, Jesus talks a lot about money in the New Testament. And it's always as that thing that could be that other God in our life, that thing that wants our attention and wants to be the most important thing. And he would rather see us be generous and giving than selfish. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Can I think about the things that you want me to do and turn away from these other goals or these other objectives or these other things that I think will somehow make my life better? Fulfill your promise to your servant that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread for your laws are good. Let me fear you. Fear is it. Fear is in give the honor due to God. Take away the disgrace I dread. Take away that fear that I would be standing before God and God would say, no, that's not what I wanted you to do. That I might hear instead, well done, my good and faithful servant. How I long for your precepts in your righteousness preserve my life. Continues on. Wa is the next letter. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings, and I will not be put to shame. For I delight in your commands, because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. And so this one is slightly different because we're talking about what the psalmist will say more than anything else in this particular stanza. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Again, you know, Lord, love me. Uh, that's, That's apparently a fine prayer to pray. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. So we're answering here. We're we're talking back and we're using our words. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. So a couple things here. One is, may everything coming out of my mouth be truth, right? May I be careful that everything coming out of my mouth is truth, but also may it be about your laws. Now, when we talk about the laws, again, I think about this obviously as a very New Testament person where we have verses where Jesus and Jesus and the people he was talking to have boiled down the law into the, all of the law can be summed up in love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That that sums up all of the laws from the Old Testament. And so when you think about what are you putting in your words is what's coming out of your words about loving God and loving neighbor. 
you know, don't have to think about, am I touting verses from Leviticus or, or from Exodus or Deuteronomy or something like that. But think about this. Remember, that's what Jesus said, is the sum meaning of all of the law is to love God and love neighbor. And so are those the words that are coming out of our mouth? Are they true? And are they faithful to that test of what truth is? I will obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom for I have sought out your precepts. So I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to walk about in freedom. So interesting here, we're not just walking about in legalism. We're walking about because we've been freed by our obedience. And that seems counterintuitive there, but freed from other things, freed from bondage to sin, for instance, we would say in a New Testament uh, way of thinking about this. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame. So I will be willing to speak up what I understand truth to be. For I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. That I don't just love God, that I don't just... um, not just obedient to what God wants me to do, but I love what God wants me to do. And again, which is summarized in love God, love neighbor. The third stanza here, Zayin, remember your word to your servant for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. The arrogant mock me unmercifully, but I do not turn from your law. I remember, Lord, your ancient laws and I find comfort in them. Indignation grips me because of the wicked who have forsaken your law. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. In the night, Lord, I remember your name, that I may keep your law. This has been my practice. I obey your precepts. Again, we're talking about the law. We're talking about the being obedient here. But here is obedient when there is pressure not to be, when there is pressure to do something else. Or there's pressure not, you know, or there's pressure to do perhaps to do nothing. Uh, Sometimes we are unfaithful or disobedient, not by going a different way, but by just enacting, but just our failure to act. So remember your word to your servant that you have given for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. And so the person who is writing this is suffering for their obedience but I are hoping in the promises of God, hoping that God's what God says is true, and therefore that the way the world is going is the way that God says, which is towards God and not away. The arrogant mock me unmercifully, but I do not turn from your law. I remember, Lord, your ancient laws, and I find comfort in them. So when we are faithful, we may have people who think it is silly, we may have people who are opposed what we are doing, and that is okay. Again, we play for an audience of one. We live our lives for an audience of one. Are we pleasing God with what we do and what we say? Indignation grips me because of the wicked who have forsaken your law. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. In the night I remember your name, that I may keep your law. This has been my practice. I obey your precepts. And so the psalmist is remembering the law of the Lord all day long, including in the night, and the theme of my song. And I like that phrase, your decrees are the theme of my song. What is the theme of the song that is the soundtrack of your life? 
What style of music would it be? Would it be a country western song where people have done you wrong? I don't think that is the theme we're talking about here. We're talking about a theme that is a love song, a theme that says I am loved and therefore can love. That ought to be the theme of our song. We're going to stop there after those three passages. We'll pick up the rest. We've still got a lot of this Psalm 119. We're going to be here for at least a month. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.